Hi, my name is Dr. Bitchcraft and welcome to The Void, the show where I have an existential crisis in public. I heard a lot of people talk about this Tinder Swindler documentary. And since we talked about dating apps last week, I figured we should talk about this today. I have not seen the documentary myself. It's on Netflix, but I did read into the case. So it's about a guy. His name is Irrelevant. He basically used Tinder to trick women into thinking that he is a millionaire. He did this by pretending that he was an heir to a Russian diamond empire. He would take these women on very expensive first dates, trips on his private jets and Michelin star restaurants, the whole shebang. He would continue to sweep them off their feet. And then after a couple of weeks, he would confide in them that he was in danger. There's a diamond war going on and he needs to loan money so that he doesn't leave a paper trail on his own credit cards. He did this to a lot of women and he got a lot of money out of them. They would take loans on 10 different banks and he would pretend to pay them back, but he never did. It was a mess. And this man, you can say about him what you want, but he was committed to the grift. He ran from Israel because he was about to be thrown in jail for a fraud. And every time he was about to get caught, he would change his identity and move to a different country. But he went to jail, he was sentenced to 15 months of jail, got released after five months for good behavior, and he did not get banned from Tinder until yesterday. And he also has a TikTok now, which gets millions of views. This man is just riding the wave of this documentary. He has a girlfriend and he's living his best life. He got away scot-free, basically. Five months in jail, you know, it's, it's, it's bad, but yeah depends on where you go to jail it's already bad enough that he now actually getting the wealth he was stealing all this time which is weirdly deep i also heard a lot of talk about how these women were a type they are exactly what you'd expect when it comes to women being attracted to men with money basically what people are saying is they looked expensive and high maintenance so they must be gold diggers and according to occam's razor or the law of parsimony that is probably true. The hypothesis that requires the least assumptions is probably the right one. I'm not saying that isn't true, but I find it more interesting to look at what else could be the case. So in this episode, I want to explore what else could possibly be going on. Are we all susceptible to being swindled out of ten thousands of dollars? Or is this just a simple case of dumb bitch syndrome? Could this happen to us? In one word, yes. There's one factor I think makes all of us very sensitive to this nonsense, and that is our need to feel special. Everyone wants to feel like their existence is of more consequence than it is. The older you get, the more you lose this idea that there's anything special about you. But still, everyone has this need to transcend the monotony and normalcy of everyday life. And everyone who has quieted that voice or knows it's there and can not make decisions based off of that is less prone to fall for stuff like this. All these women are guilty of is wanting to be special in the eyes of someone special. And the way people want to feel special is also very gendered. Women grow up learning that they are the trophy and men grow up learning that they want to win the prize. And getting the attention of a man with a private jet feels like you are a prize. And you can't blame them for thinking that way either. We live in a society that tells us that having things is important. So obviously, if a man of that stature sees something special in you, then you must be special. It's successful cultural programming. That idea that someone somewhere will save you from your boring ass life and being able to transform him with your love. Just like how Bella could save Edward from being a callous douche with her magical vagina. I've never seen Twilight, but good luck trying to convince me that that is not the entire plot. I'm pretty sure it is. 
basically it's just a lot of ego wankery okay if you have an ego that is in need of a wanking <laughs> then you're more likely to fall for this and of course i'm generalizing you know i'm not talking about individual instances i'm talking about social messaging Last week, we talked about the gamification of dating apps, right? And this gamification of dating apps is not just inconvenient, but actively puts us in harm's way because of gambler's fallacy. Let's hypothesize. We're going to a casino in a universe where we have no goddamn sense and it's not tacky. And we buy a couple of chips to play what is the dumbest game you can play in a casino. Roulette. Playing Russian roulette makes more sense. But anyhow, we place our chips on red several times and we lose as one does. So we decide to play red one more time because we have filled so much up until that point that the next one has to be it. We think individual chances are a chain of events and you can see how that is a problem, right? Your brain thinks, I have seen so many losers that if I see someone who works, that is nice, that must be the person. So the whole structure of Tinder helps you lower your defenses and makes you less vigilant and fall into the arms of someone who pretends to be a Russian diamond hair. The next human thing that makes it pretty easy for all of us to fall for this nonsense, it's the fact that people don't have to be anything for us to see something in them. I read the texts he sent these women. It's just empty platitudes. It doesn't say a lot of anything. There are two things that can happen in this case. We either see that this person is saying nothing and we move on, or we project. This is one of the reasons I believe Beyonce has risen to godlike status because no one really knows who she is. She isn't in the public eye. She doesn't give interviews. So it gives a lot of room for people to project. The less someone gives you to work with, the more you can project. And that's what happens in dating context as well. If someone gives you nothing, a lot of people run faster, work harder, and project something on something that isn't a thing. And the extent to which you project depends on a lot of things. It depends on whether you think someone is out of your league, how long you've been unsuccessful in dating. And in women, it's age. Because having the audacity to age as a woman in this society is on par with committing romantic and sexual suicide. It's no coincidence that it's especially older women who fall victim to these romance scams. The only difference is when people see a young, beautiful man walking around with an older woman, they assume that the woman is desperate and sad. But if they see an older man walking around with a beautiful young woman, they assume this man is someone because it's a status symbol instead of a sign of desperation. Because remember, women are supposed to be trophies, not have them. Basically, your willingness to project whatever you want to see on someone is totally dependent on your willingness to make it work. And a lot of these women were on Tinder for a very long time. They were tired. They were ready to meet someone. So it explains why they projected on that man so much. This reminds me of uh, The Constellation of Philosophy. It's a book written by Boethius, which is a philosopher from... 500 AD or something. He was just a cool guy with a nice family. At some point he got arrested for a crime he didn't commit. And while he was in prison, he wrote the Constellation of Philosophy, which is one of the most important philosophical works of the sixth century and the years after. And one of the quotes that stuck with me, and I'm paraphrasing because I mean, I read this years ago. He says, the only thing that keeps us safe from the whimsy of the Wheel of Fortune is not putting copious amounts of faith in things that came into our lives by chance. 
I remember reading it and loving it because I already felt that way before I had the means to express it. If you trust mostly yourself to make yourself feel a certain way, no one will be able to fuck with you. No one can swindle you on Tinder or anywhere for that matter because you want for nothing. You know that the things you desire, you can give yourself. You find wholeness where you are instead of expecting it to come from things outside of yourself. It just puts you in harm's way to believe that someone in the jet can make you feel more special or important than you are by default. You don't need anyone in the jet to make you feel that way. And that is the key to not being Tinder swindled. What a f <laughs> shitty Tindle. Tinder swindle. Try to say that a couple of times. And now the PS de resistance. You might say, okay, I love all your theories. They're cool and stuff. But what if this is just, you know, an attempt to bag a rich guy? To which I say, what about it? I don't think gold digging is morally wrong. And that's not to say that I've done it myself, because even though I look like a mob wife, I would rather die than depend on anyone for anything. I don't even want to ask you to subscribe, which you can do if you want to, but I hate asking for things. So again, I don't think gold digging is immoral. Where your typical gorgeous person dates your aggressively mediocre person whose only quality is his wealth and who won't end up homeless or in debt when he pays for the gorgeous person's Brazilian butt lift. You know, like the usual. I do, however, think deception is immoral. Whether it's a man or a woman pretending to be in love to swindle you out of your cash, it's gross. But let's be real. Quite frankly, gold digging in the traditional sense is too unsubtle to blindsight anyone. The fact that there are old people out there with cash who genuinely think a 25-year-old is interested in them for their humor is more often than not not the result of a mastermind gold digger at work. It is just a testament to the rich person's delusion. And of course in a situation where people are the same age and they're dating and there's a gold digger involved. Greed is not a subtle trait. You will know if someone is with you for your cash and if you don't you don't want to know. It's pretty out there as far as traits go. We all know what's going on, yet women are the only one who get demonized for it. Funny how that works. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Gold digging makes absolute sense in our current cultural context. Because you can't treat women like objects their entire life and then villainize them for trying to appraise their own market value. And remember, women couldn't always work, not because they didn't want to, but because they weren't allowed to. So marrying rich was l quite literally their meal ticket. And it was called that way because you knew that if you got married, you'd eat. And what landed you a loaded husband? Your beauty. Beauty for women has always been what money has been to men. It's power. So how can you fault women for seeing that parallel for what it is and trying to exchange it? They're both treated as commodities. And the reason the women in this documentary, the Tinder Swindler, are, are a type is because they grew up in this society. They know how they look and they know it has value to a man with cash. So why stay trapped in a capitalist death spiral if some idiot with money can make your life easier because you're hot for a limited amount of time? I just see gold digging as an attempt to try and take back control of that objectification. It was once the only way women could gain some semblance of economic power. And for a lot of women in poverty, it still is. But of course, the only thing we're willing to accept from women is docile passivity. Just 
the idea of a beautiful woman having a preference is offensive. It's not for them to decide what they're worth. Their value is decided for them. So them getting involved in the appraisal process is, is offensive. The simplest example of what I mean is this garbage romance trope about, oh, she's so beautiful and she doesn't know she's beautiful and that's what makes her beautiful. Uh, to me, all it says is, yeah, women are expected to be beautiful, but if that tramp has the audacity to be aware of it and change her standards because of it to ensure an equal exchange of time and effort and emotional labor, then she must be punished. Then we need to put her back in her place because that is not where a woman belongs. She does not have any say in her worth. And there were a lot of men in, in um, the aftermath of the documentary that were complaining about the women involved. People were saying they're a certain type of woman. It's not easy being a man with money. Women only want you for your money. That is only valid as a complaint if you don't just want women for their looks. Because there's a reason rich men are also attracted to this type, right? Because you never see a rich man parading around a professional flutist with a passion for comfortable footwear and gardening, right? When I say gold digging is an attempt of taking back control of our objectification, I do really emphasize the word attempt. Because men can pretend to be offended by this all day. But just like a lot of structures with feminist intent, men usually still get the long end of the stick anyway. It's just by design. For instance, the existence of gold diggers gives men the opportunity to stay desirable in at least one respect their entire lives. Women have no such luxury. Men don't care if women have jobs or money or degrees. If she's not a stunner at first sight, she can kiss her chances goodbye because female global romantic desirability is dependent on two things, her looks and her uterus, which are both things with expiration dates. But man can thank their lucky stars that we're trapped in this capitalist hellhole because money never goes bad. You understand what I'm getting at, right? There is a discourse about women and their expiration date. You know, like the whole thing with Keanu Reeves, he was in the news for dating a woman his own age. Yeah. That is how badly we're doing with how we treat women after a certain age. That's why I think it's interesting that gold diggers are the villainized one because they have something a lot of people don't have and that's self-awareness. She knows about this expiration date and she knows she has to stay on top of her specific brand of excellence. She needs to work on her physique, stay beautiful and never relax. And she has to invest in liquid assets or I hope they do because the demand for her will run out with time. And it's interesting how even in this social context where women's value is so intertwined with how they look and their fertility, gold diggers are seen as the ruthless ones. That's rich. Pun intended. The great philosopher Anderson Pack said, all my chicks cook grits and roll a spliff at the same damn time. Women have to jump through burning hoops, even if they are conventionally attractive. Women are held to completely different standards. Men with beer bellies will call women fat and balding men in their 50s will call women in their 40s old without a hint of irony. And where men can just have a lot of good traits without being suspected of dabbling in witchcraft, or bitchcraft, women's good qualities don't stack up in the same way. They cancel each other out. It's in fact possible for women to have too many good qualities. Studies show time and time again that how much of a person a woman is allowed to be depends on how hot she is. So for example, hot women are allowed more intelligence. So men will put up with her being smart if she's also hot. However, there is a threshold She's not allowed to be exceptionally intelligent. It feels like women can't win. So 
Point is, we all grasp the concept of disillusionment. And if someone is disillusioned with dating to such an extent that they realize that the only way they can do this dating thing is if they let go of any hope of having their emotional needs met. So they just whittle down all their needs to this one simple, non-abstracted, palpable need even a complete idiot can meet. It seems like a way to not be disappointed, so I understand it. I understand it. I do. It doesn't matter what the reason is that she does it. Maybe because she wants an easier life or to be compensated for all the years of emotional labor she has done. Maybe because she wants to show off at a high school reunion. The reason doesn't matter. It is valid. We need to stop focusing on women in this story. Why is the name for a man in this relationship way more flattering? Sugar daddy. We should be calling them sugar diggers because they're not the victims in this story. An exchange is not theft. By pointing at gold diggers for being gold diggers, we're saying we're more offended by women not valuing a man's character over his wealth than we are by men not valuing women's character over their beauty and youth. If you completely strip it of everything else, you could say that the only reason gold digging is seen as a social crime is because we all accept the notion that a man's character is more valuable than a woman's. So failing to focus on a man's character makes a woman terrible, while a man failing to focus on a woman's character is, well, just a man. And that was my take on gold diggers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can subscribe if you want to. I hope I said things that make sense. If they didn't, please comment. I enjoy having these conversations. But yeah, scams like these are interesting lessons to us as a society because it just mirrors our own values back to us. And what it shows us is that we're obsessed with wealth and beauty to extents that we're willing to risk a lot of things to acquire them. That is the great equalizer. It really doesn't matter. You might have a really big, nice gravestone, but that's the only difference eventually. Here I go again. I'm such a Marxist. But anyway, thanks for watching and I hope to see you in the next one. Bye.